You are listening to the Central Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Burton, and thank you for tuning in to this week's message. Before we get to it, though, I would love for you to join us for Church Online each Sunday morning at 1045. You can watch on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our Facebook page at Central Baptist Church. Also, if you are local, we would love for you to join us in person each Sunday at 1045. We are located right on the banks of the Ohio River in the east end of Maysville, Kentucky at 437 Central Avenue. If we can pray for you, reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. I hope you enjoy this message. I remember back to our first trip to um, to Maysville. Um, it was it was hot. It was in the uh, the summer, probably June, July, uh, and it was when the the pastor search committee and. Um, about us just to kind of come up and take a look at the at the church, and we um, ended up getting a, a tour of, of the town. Mike uh, drove everybody in, in the pastor search committee piled into, I think it was Mazelik's, uh, um, uh church van. And all of us were, were in there and, and Mike was giving us the nickel tour of, uh, of Maysville, explaining all of, of the, the history there. We went out to old Washington. We went downtown and we um, you know, made the, um, the, the, the big, big, big loop and got all the, the highlights of, of Maysville. And and a lot of it, you know, we, we quickly fell in love with, with this, this town. But, but I remember we, we, we were going up, up the hill and we finally got onto the, the, the double A there. And we, we turned left going, you know, out towards uh, the, the shopping centers. And I looked on, on my right and it was there. Something that I hadn't seen in, in a while. Some place that I hadn't really been to, but yet is one of a place that I really enjoy and I saw it there, and it was, it was Fizzoli's. Now, if you know our, the background between Jess and I, that is actually where we first met was at a, a, a Fizzoli's. A uh, very, very romantic, you know, place to, uh, to, to meet because it is, uh, it's, it, it's fast Italian. You know, it's, it's great. Uh, but uh, one of the things that, that I love, I love Italian food, but especially at, at Fizzoli's is you go there and you can get, free breadsticks. <laughs> now, not only do I love Italian, but bread is my love language. You know, Gary Chapman in writing that he missed out when he said, you know, bread should be, you know, the sixth, uh, uh, the, the sixth love language. I can, uh, I love all kinds of bread. In fact, my, my parents were in this weekend and um, visiting us and my mom gave me some mixes for, for sourdough bread. And uh, I just, I just love Love bread, but and there's been times where I've gone to Fazoli's and and I've just gotten a drink because hey, you get a drink and you get free bread. Yes, I know I'm probably not taking advantage of them, and stuff, but there's many times where I buy more than you know a meal's worth uh, because I enjoy those bread sticks. You know they're dripping with butter and garlic, and I mean you taste it for days, and oh, it's it's good. One thing that I, a problem I have with those breadsticks is I keep eating and eating and eating. You know, they only give you two in the carryout, so I always have to order a dozen more. Um, is I don't know when to stop. And by the time I get done eating those breadsticks, 
I don't really feel very good. <laughs> and, uh, and it's because this food, yes, it is, it is filling, but it, while I think that it satisfies, it, it really doesn't. It really doesn't fully see, yes, I enjoy the taste, but, but in the end, it just kind of leaves me inflamed and, um, and, and not feeling the best. Well, as we pick up here in, in John chapter 6, I'm kind of leaving it in the middle of this chapter, but if you recall, several weeks ago, we, we ended with Jesus feeding the 5,000. And it was one of the great miracles of the Bible. We're taught that in Sunday school, how miraculous this little boy with five loaves and two fish, and Jesus multiplies that and feeds 5,000 men plus their women and children. And, you know, some 20,000 people Jesus feeds, and it's an amazing feed, and everybody gets their, their full. And so much so that there was more that was left over. But after the... After Jesus does this miracle, right, he leaves and he goes up to the mountain by himself and he leaves his disciples and they get into the, into the boat and then Jesus appears to them on the water and then now they end in Capernaum. And while they are here, the, the crowd, they, they try to, to find Jesus, not because they, were, they wanted to, to follow him for who he truly was, the Son of God, but because of the amazing acts that, they, that he can do. They got their food and, and they, they wanted more of it. But we saw in the last message that Jesus kind of um, confronts them and says, look, you're, you're selling your God, yourselves short. What I have to give is far more than just some loaves of bread and some, and some fish. And so we're going to, in this... Um, uh, in this passage here this morning, we're going to kind of work through it here, looking at Jesus identifying himself as the bread of life. And in this passage, we're going to see kind of a, a turn from where people were looking to follow Jesus because of how cool he was, the thralls of people. And now Jesus is getting into some pretty weird stuff, things that might think this just you know what, I'm not sure I want to be a, a, a part of, of this. So let's pick it up here, verse 41. It says, So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from, from heaven. Now we see these Jews were likely those that were in the synagogue, whether they were the religious leaders over this synagogue or the others that were, that were there. And, and, and so they were, they were grumbling about him and, and they were upset. Now they weren't upset because he said, I am the bread. I mean, I, mean, I, I could go around saying, look, I'm bread, I'm bread, I'm bread. Are you going to get mad at me because I'm saying that I'm bread? No, you're going to probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> But they were upset because he said that I not only am the bread that came down from heaven. Right? Jesus is identifying himself with, with God for he truly is God. And so these Israelites, they remember back their ancestors in the Exodus when God provided for them in raining down manna from heaven. And he provided sustenance for them. He, he gave them food to each, each and every day. But it was also a sign that God was with them and that he would never leave them. 
Verse 42, they, they said, this is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? So look, they're, what they're doing is they're, they're trying to make sense of, of what and reject what Jesus is, is telling them. They identify Jesus not by his heavenly father, the, the God of the universe, but no, look, we know. We know his parents. We know where he comes from. We know Joseph and, and, and Mary. Look, this is, this is their boy. He's just a, a carpenter. Look, he, there's nothing special about this guy. Yeah, he can do some really cool magic tricks and, and he helps some people, but, but who does he think he is to say that he is, comes down from heaven? But look what Jesus says, verse 43. Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. For what I am the bread of life. And he expands even more. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. So that the one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. There's a lot in these verses, um, a, a, a lot of, of really deep theology things that, that um, men and women have devoted their lives to, to studying and aspects of it that um, there is not always a consensus on. And so what I try to do when I come to some passages that may not make some exact sense to us, I, I always try to... To, to start with what we know, what the Bible says, and then, and then move from, from there. So as we're reading this, there was a couple of verses that, 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 that stuck out to me. One is what Jesus told him. He said in verse 43 and 44, he said, don't grumble among yourselves, right? He says that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. Right? And then we see then verse 47, whoever believes has eternal life for he is the bread of life. So we can see the overall theme here is that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Right? He is, it's what he, he says, that he is this bread, that if we eat of the bread of manna, which Jesus refers back to, uh, looking at the prophet Isaiah and he said, yes, this was good. It provided for your ancestors. God showed his favor, his goodness on them. But guess what? All of your ancestors are, are dead. And we know that Jesus is not saying that, that you will have a physical, eternal life. For we know that in Scripture, all those that, that were the original hearers of this have passed on. And, and likely we too at some point will pass on. But the life that Jesus is speaking is the eternal life that, that comes. And so the question that 
I was thinking of as I read this, and you may have thought as well, is that no one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. So the question is, do we choose Jesus? Or does Jesus choose us? Do we choose him? Or does he draw us to him? So I want to just kind of look at kind of a, a big picture view of this. And I would say the answer is yes to, to both of those. And one of the things that, especially when we get into some of these uh, doctrines, that uh, these teachings that uh, there are some disagreement on uh, within um, different Christian faith traditions, but also even maybe within our, our own church is 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 that when we when we get into these uh, these um, um, teachings and we 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 want everything to be kind of wrapped up into with with a nice package and placed under the tree with a pretty little bow on top, we want it to just make sense to us, <laughs> and 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 so the danger with with trying to. Uh, to, to wrap everything up like that is we end up begin making things say that things that scripture does not say. And, and so um, I, I keep thinking back to um, a statement made by uh, Pastor Tim Keller up in, in New York, and he tells us, and I've shared with you before, but he says that the Bible tells us everything that we need to know, but it doesn't tell us everything that we want to know. And so you know what, maybe I want to know, is it, is it, does he, do we choose him or does he choose, choose us? And, and, and so in our mind, when we want to resolve this perfectly, we think it has to be one or the other. And we need to realize within salvation is that there is a mystery aspect to it. And I think there's some, some reasons for that. And one, most importantly, is, is that you know, it, it's not up to us in the sense that, 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 we, uh, that, that we get to feel like we, we've earned it. So when we feel like we figured it out, it's like we feel like we're almost, that we're, we're almost like, like God. We're on the same, same level that, 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 that he is. And, 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 and if we're not careful, we can use that to, to puff us up into to, to pride. And so we see this tension throughout Scripture, right? And it's God's divine sovereignty and, and our human man's responsibility. And, and so this kind of leads us to a doctrine that we hold to as, as Baptists, which is called total depravity or what's called total in, inability. And, and what this is, and you might think of big words, but basically what, what it's saying is that there is no aspect of our life that is not tainted by sin. Right? The only ones who were able to make to have complete freedom in how they, they chose was Adam and Eve. For the creation of the world, there was no sin, but through Adam and Eve, sin entered the world. And we are plagued by it. We've talked about this numerous times. Every aspect of life is, is plagued by, by sin. So we see the turmoil that we face in this world it comes as a result of, of sin. Disease is a result of sin. And some sin is because of our own personal uh, decisions, being unwise. And, and so when we break the law, we have to pay the consequences 
for that, that sin. And, and so, so we, there is no area of our life that is not tainted by sin. And, and another principle we see in, in, in Scripture that Jesus teaches is that we are dead in our trespasses. We are dead in our sin. Right? And, and so dead people don't save them themselves. So we are saved by grace through faith in Christ so that no one may, no one may boast. And so we, so we, we kind of see that. So does Jesus choose us or do we choose him? And, and we also see, you know, that, that yes, that Jesus does draw us to himself. I'm a firm believer of that. I love it. We've saying, come thou fount of every blessing because I know my own heart. It's prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. I'm prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. That's my desire. Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. And we crying, oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to thee. Take thy heart, Lord, like a fetter. It's like a millstone, a big rock. We put in and we bind my heart to thee. Because we are prone, our default is sin. We have a sin nature. And so apart from the, the working of the Holy Spirit in ourselves, we wouldn't choose Him. Right? It's possible, right? And, and we see that in this context of, uh, of Jesus speaking to, the, to those in the, in the synagogue, they knew the Word, they knew the Bible, but yet they still did not see Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the one who opens our ears to hear. And so it's not like we're looking at a multiple choice test where you have an A and a B and it says, look, you know what, do you choose Jesus, yes or no? And it's just, you know what, which one do you want? I mean, if that was the case, why wouldn't everybody follow Jesus? If you knew, if you knew that, that, that the punishment for your sin is eternity in hell, but you knew you could save it by by following Jesus and live eternity in heaven. I mean, we talked last week about, you know, difficulty in making two good decisions and two bad. I mean, this is, it doesn't get any more good and worse than that. So why wouldn't everybody, everybody choose? I believe because God has not yet revealed himself to them. Now we might think, okay, well, so God picks and and, and, and chooses and decides which ones want to and which ones don't. And uh, to be honest, I, I, I don't know exactly how it works. I don't. Um, and, and often I'll get in, you know, people ask me questions and, and take a side one or the other. And um, usually everybody just kind of leaves because it's unresolved. <laughs> It's unresolved. We were rehearsing this morning, and it's some of our chords. And uh, is is you play with a suspension in the chord, and, and and typically at the end of a piece, you want it to resolve back to the to to the the, the um uh, to the, the the major triad because it brings finality to it. But it's almost as if it, with salvation, is that it is left unresolved, and so we 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 yes. Yes, I believe that God chooses us. How does he do it? I don't know exactly, but I think some practical ways is, one, you are here this morning. 
I mean, do you realize how countercultural it is for you to get up early on a Sunday morning and come to, to church? I mean, you have every excuse in, in the world now with COVID. I mean, we have, look, nobody's going to, in, in fact, you might have people telling you that, you know, that you're crazy for even coming to, to, to church. Is that God bringing you in? Maybe. I think back to my, my childhood and how, you know, I was born into a, a Christian family and hearing the gospel time and time again. Is that through God choosing me? I'm grateful that I was able to, to hear his word. You think about the, the time, the history of this church through our vacation Bible school or, or, or our youth programs where we have kids that come that honestly their parents would never darken the doors of the church. And you might wonder why in the world would they come to church? And then they hear the gospel and they repent and they believe in Jesus. Did God choose them? I see time and time again throughout just my own personal lens, but also throughout history where, where we see people come to faith that honestly, they probably shouldn't. Because I absolutely believe that God is working to draw people to himself. But the danger of, of putting all of the focus that, that Jesus is the one that draws is that, that we feel like, well, look, hey, I don't need to do anything. Jesus is, is got me. Nothing that I say, nothing that I do matters. And the danger with that is, is that contradicts Scripture as well. Right? For we must respond. And, and Jesus says this here in, in this passage. It says that, here in verse 45, it's written by the prophets and they will all be taught by God. Everyone has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Now, obviously you can be in Sunday school, be in church all of your life and study the scriptures and still not know the Father, right? This is more than intellectual knowledge. This is a belief that is at your very core. And so we must hear and we must believe. We must have faith to follow to follow Jesus and so we're going to see from kind of this point on basically throughout the the end of Jesus's life is that is that the people that follow Jesus that number is going to dwindle dwindle from from down down and down why because really what they were following is not what they what they really wanted. And, and so now Jesus, before it was all about what they could get, but now we're going to see that it is who he is. And so look here in 50, 51, it says, and this is the bread that I will give for the life is my flesh. Now let's keep, continue on. It says, the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They think he's like promoting some kind of cannibalism here, <laughs> thinking that he is. Now, now we have the privilege, the, the, the benefit of, uh, of looking at this after it has happened, right? So we know the prologue, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it continues in John, um, so I don't miss my, miss my words up here, and it says... Um, 
Yes, and it says, the light and darkness shall not overcome it. And, and so, Jesus is God in the flesh. Right? And so, he, God has made him known. Because the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. So we know that Jesus is speaking in a, a spiritual sense. He's not saying that we're going to have a dinner of, uh, uh, of Jesus' his, his, his body here. No. No, but they didn't get it because they did not have the ears to hear. And so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the, Father, the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread for the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. So we see Jesus is, is giving them instruction. He's telling them that they must do these things. So obviously it's not just a complete thing where, you know what, look, no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. You know what, Jesus has is, is got me. No, we must, we must choose. We must we must eat of his flesh and his blood, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. We must believe if everything we have. We must feed on Jesus and, and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit and let him consume us and live as he has called us to live. And we know that, that many rejected him. Because the cost was too much. You know, it, it sounded pretty cool. We wanted the Jesus that, you know, that did all the, the, great, the great miracles and the great signs and, you know, kind of the rock star Jesus. But it's Jesus who's talking about eating of himself. Look, we don't want anything to, to do with that kind of, of Jesus. And he says, we must feed on him. And we will live because of Him. The cost of following Jesus is great. We give of ourselves. We die to ourselves. And we live to, to, follow, to follow Him. And they didn't get it. And in fact, even His own disciples didn't get it. And we'll see later on where and we're like, what? This doesn't make sense. And in fact, Jesus later on foretells that one of his disciples is going to betray him. Because Jesus, yes, he is the one who draws us to himself. But we also must respond in faith. So oftentimes, I think when we get into these you know, deep discussions on whether it's, you know, how does God choose who's saved and who's not saved? And, and, and it's like we're always trying to figure out the mind of God. And that's not always a, a bad thing. All right? We should dig deep and, and we should seek to, uh, to, to understand the, um, um, the God. But 
we also have to re- recognize with great humility that, that we are not God. So obviously we cannot understand everything of him. But my concern for the debate of that is, is that often what it does is it, is it seeks to just bring about more confusion and we lose focus of, of what we are called to do. And so my goal, my focus as a, as a pastor and hopefully as an evangelist is, look, I preach that every single person here, every single person that, that, that I come into contact is... I believe that God has brought them there for a purpose. <laughs> I believe God has brought me here for a, a purpose. I'm going to be I probably would have not chosen to come to Maysville if it was just an A or a B type of, of decision. But God drew me here. Praise the Lord. And so, yes, I think there's part of that within salvation, but I think that's also part of it in just living a faithful, godly, godly life. And so I believe we should treat that everyone is one that God has has brought into our fold and to, to be faithful in sharing the gospel with them. We allow God to, to work. Will everyone believe? We see in, throughout history, throughout scripture, that no, that's not the case. Sadly, and it breaks my heart, and it should break all of our hearts. But I am of, of the firm belief, I was talking with another pastor just the other day, and we were kind of talking about just, just we note, especially during the holidays, a number of, of overdose um, increase in those, which is sadly not, un, not uncommon. And, and I said, even in the midst of a dark side, I just have a firm, even a more firm commitment that, that no one is beyond hope. Look, as long as they have a breath, as long as they have a pulse, there is still hope. My prayer is, is that is that no matter where they are, that we don't write anybody off, or that we, we continue to plead and we continue to share, to call them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And we leave the results up to God. And so we can sing a hymn like, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, where it's more this, that, 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 that Jesus is the one that is, that is pulling us. And then as we're going to close here in a little bit, we can sing in the footsteps of Jesus that we, that we follow him. Or we can sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. It's not a one or the other. I believe it is a, a both and. And you know what? We may find great clarity when we get into heaven at some of these portentous doctrines, but I don't know if it's really going to matter when we're there. I don't know if that's what we're going to be focused on. No, I think it's we're going to be amazed by the glory of God. And so as we close, I want you to think, why are you here? Why are you here this morning? Are you here because your mom or dad made you come? True, probably, for some of you. Are you here just because that's what you do. You grew up in church. You know, I, it's never a question. I get up and, and come to church. True. It's probably true for some of us. For others, maybe you think, you know, it's been a while and I really miss it. I want to be able to see some of my friends. So yeah, we'll, we'll come to Jesus in that church. And that's true as, as well. But I do believe that regardless of how you chose to come, that God is the one that brought you here. So I know we have those that aren't here. We have those that, that aren't 
followers of Jesus that we desire to see come to faith in, in Him. When, and we should pray fervently, diligently, passionately that, that they would hear the good news and not only just hear it with their mind and understand it, but that they would believe it in their hearts. And so if you're here this morning and you've not yet trusted in Christ as your Savior, and, and Lord, I would pray that you would be sensitive to His calling, to his, his leading. And to step out and to make that flame of faith that, ah, yes, I choose to follow Jesus. And not because of, you know, it's the better of two options. But because of who Jesus is. And how the Spirit is moving in you. Would you pray with me? Oh, definitely, Father. God, thank you for your word. God, we thank you for all of it. God, we thank you for the, the beautiful passages that, that seem clear, like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God, that is my prayer this morning. That whoever hears, whether in this room or going to be watching online later or even years down the road, that they would believe in you. But God, we also thank you. God, for the, the parts of Scripture that you know, aren't quite as clear to us. Where there may be some disagreement among us. Where things just don't seem to, to, to wrap nicely around our, our finite sinful minds. But God, may we trust that you are God and that we are not. And that regardless of what we think should be right, or is that we can trust that regardless, however you choose to save us. God, that you are good. And that we can cling to your goodness. God, I pray for those here that have not yet trusted in you as their Savior and Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. That they would respond in faith. Believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Adam again. Thank you for listening to this message. Do you feel God working in your heart? Is he calling you to be saved? Are you ready to follow Jesus? If so, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. We want to connect with you to send you some free resources to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I would love to hear your feedback on our sermon podcast. You can email me personally at adam at adamburton.net. And don't forget both our online church service at cbcmaysville.com and on Facebook, as well as our in-person service every Sunday at 1045. I'll be there and I hope you are too. Well, I look forward to joining you again next week for Central Baptist Church's sermon podcast. God bless.